0: who participate in the daily ritual of meditating on the things of God. To new listeners, I'm Danae Richardson. Welcome to my friends and church family participating. Thank you for being in my life. Please share this podcast link, follow the show, help us get the word out. So we are in the middle on... uh, number 16 actually, of the Jesus series where we are following Christ's life as well as I can chronologically across Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. In the last podcast, uh, we thought about, looked at how Jesus made the religious people angry because he, quote-unquote, worked on the Sabbath. I say, quote-unquote, worked, because he was simply enacting compassion. He was healing on the Sabbath. And Jesus explained that the Sabbath was made to benefit humanity. Humanity was not created to satisfy the Sabbath's needs, Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. But I have to stay in this topic because we need to understand that Jesus wasn't trying to make a point that humanity doesn't need rest. And to talk about that, I want us to start at where this idea of rest originated, we first read about it in Genesis chapter two, verse two. On the seventh day, God ended His work which He had made, and He rested on the seventh day from all His work which He had made. Now, uh, we get the word Sabbath from sabbat. I am certain I am not pronouncing that properly, and it means to cease, desist. The Oxford Dictionary tells us that uh, rest is a noun, and it means an instance or period of relaxing or ceasing to engage in strenuous or stressful activity, um, to recover strength. So rest is so important for us to understand, embrace, make a part of our lives, and recognize that Jesus was not getting away or abolishing rest. Rest, much like tithing, predates Moses' law. And so it's it's very important that Christians who have an understanding that we read about in Acts, I think it's 15, maybe 16, but I think it's 15, um, where they tell Christians that following Moses' law isn't necessary. We have to understand that there are some things that predate Moses' law, and they are just a part of the moral good the good of us and rest is one of those things let's let's look at something that i find just i find it remarkable god who created the heavens and the earth this almighty god all powerful god this god who does not get tired, rested. So when it says in Genesis 2 that he rested, we look at the definition of rest, S-A-B-A-T, sabbat, sabbat. We look at that and know that it means ceased, desisted. So I believe that in creation, God set the world in motion, and whatever that we assume has come into being since creation, these things that are, um, we find that are new, first of all, we find that they are new. We, who have never seen them before, find that they are new. That doesn't mean they were never seen by humans before <laughs> it just means they weren't recorded before. But I, I, don't, I don't want to get into an argument about that. Um, and also just this idea that I am giving out where I believe he set the world in motion and then whatever has come into being is actually that motion unfolding Like a seed that's producing, even though we can't see it, the seed is in the ground and it's working. We don't see it working, but it is actually working, and I believe that's what nature, God, set in motion. That nature, but uh, uh, so so when he rested, he ceased. I I believe that that is what he ceased from the continual creation and and in the same way we see this fast forward to Jesus on the cross Jesus said on the cross it is finished but he didn't mean that everything was finished he just meant the torture of the crucifixion was finished he meant the the point and purpose of him coming had been fulfilled it is finished because the work of salvation was just beginning. So God ceased and desisted on the seventh day. And that example was something that he set for us so that we understand we need to come to these markers, these points in our efforts, where we also cease and desist. You know, after Jesus had that situation where he was confronted by the religious people about his uh, working on the Sabbath, him doing miracles on the Sabbath, after that brouhaha, we can read about it in Luke 6. I'll read verses 9 through 11. Jesus said to his critics, I have a question for you. By the way, this is New Living Transition. Um, I usually read King James Version, but... Jesus said, I have a question for you. Does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath or is it a day for doing evil? Is this a day to save life or to destroy it? He looked around at them one by one and then said to the man, hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand. This was a man who had um, a withered hand and it was restored. At this, the enemies of Jesus were wild with rage and began to discuss what to do with him. This is an emotionally charged situation that Jesus was in. And Jesus was God in the flesh. And and what makes this act of God so special is that he was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. Jesus faced all of the emotional things that we face, all of the um, spiritual temptations that we face, the the psychological pressures that we also face, Jesus faced those things and demonstrated to us how to do them properly. And so Jesus comes out of this this situation that was emotionally charged, where he was trying to make right hundreds of years of misuse of the Sabbath. And this was a heavy burden, an exhausting work. If it would have been me, it would have been a debilitating situation. (laughs) When I am ever in a situation where I face confrontation and I have to stand for a truth, when I leave that situation and go home, I am absolutely wiped out. I, I have a full 24 hours where I am just wiped out. Um, I hate that about myself, but it is it is what I deal with. and I do deal with it. I stand for truth when I have to, but oh boy. So in Luke 6:12, we read it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray and he continued all night in prayer and so jesus showed us that when we have experienced the the scripture the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak always comes to mind when we stand for right or we are engaged in a ministry or an act of compassion and we give so much because our spirit is just so desirous to be a part of this and to engage in this activity that is for the benefit of others and we love it 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 completes us it is our purpose it is our joy We often come out of that with our flesh being uh, displayed as weak the spirit is willing the flesh is weak and Jesus showed us how to come out of those environments um, where we just read about him healing the man with the withered hand and then standing up to those um, people, the enemies of Jesus that were wild with rage. That's Luke 6, 9 through 11. Verse 12. In those days, he went out into a mountain to pray. So we find that rest does not have to occur on the seventh day. It needs to happen when you need the rest. And I want to point out that sometimes you need to rest before you need rest. This was something that uh, the Lord brought to my attention in my personal life coming into this new year. And you know what, since I'm on this topic, uh, it's not in my notes to talk about, but I will go ahead and talk about it. Um, I have been trying to, had been, when I first started this podcast, I started it actually in a, it wasn't a podcast, it was in a closed Facebook group where I was trying to help other women who need to develop that sacred ritual of daily devotion. Um... I was just trying to be a help for them, trying to create camaraderie and accountability. And then Facebook closed down the audio version. I did not want to do live video (laughs) streaming because I was wanting to create this um, recording in my actual devotion time, which was in the morning. And I do not look pleasant in the mornings. And so I didn't want to do a video. I just wanted to do audio. But when when Facebook closed down the audio, I moved to a public streaming platform so that these women could still access the recordings. And anyway, now now here we are. We're in the thick of it now. And <laughs> I started off by saying, I'm recording on my phone. I have a studio. I just want to be able to record wherever I am. And... Um, here I sit in my studio, <laughs> um, and so at first I was doing this every day, um, Tuesday through Friday, and um, I, I was, I came out of last year, out of 2022, um, dealing with a lot of health issues, um, and I knew because for the last six months. I had been resisting my counselor's advice that I was working too much and I needed to rest more. (laughs) And, um, so I did not want to rest. Um, I really like that spirit being willing part. That's exciting. It, it's full of joy. It's full of passion. It's full of adrenaline, um, and so, you know, a person can get addicted to those highs of ministering to others. And um, I, I can, I can say that it was a true desire to see lives changed. I love uh, having my hands deep in the harvest, and I love soul winning. I love new disciples. Oh my goodness. I love the questions of new disciples. Oh, it is my joy. It is. Oh, I love it so much. And I know that there are some situations where people are involved in ministry and it's actually very, um, all about self. Give me a platform. Uh, I don't think that's the case for me. Um, in this situation, I mean, I could be evaluating the situation wrong. Um, but I just, I love new disciples and, um, but the spirit is willing and the flesh is weak. And my counselors were saying, you're doing too much in a week, Danae, you're doing too much in a week. (laughs) And, uh, so anyway, I have come into 2023 and now we're at January, where are we at? 18, I think of 2023, and I have been, for the last couple of weeks, um, trying on, sort of like you try on a new suit of clothes, I've been trying on my new schedule, and the first week, uh, I did not like it at all, the second week, I started the week mourning, because I just felt like such a loser that I couldn't do what I had been doing. And uh, uh, and part of trying on my new my new schedule is figuring out how to continue with this podcast, and so I've been letting my health and um, nature dictate what I can truly do in a day with the things that are for the public. Um, not just for myself. And so, so far, what I have found is I can do this podcast once a week. It's not at all what I initially wanted. And um, I'm not saying it's where it has to be. I am hoping that as I work out this new routine and schedule, that it will turn out that I can fit more than once a weekend but anyway for those of you along for the ride thank you for your patience and figuring this out as I figure it out thank you so much so one of the things that I was talking about what got me into that was um, we do not necessarily have to wait until we are exhausted to rest And one of the things I have been doing in my uh, self-discovery of what I can handle is I've been trying to rest first. So I've been trying to approach, if I want to expend bountifully, I have got to so bountifully, to reap bountifully. And, and I, I've got to sew into myself before I can give out like a bank account. You can only withdraw what you've actually deposited. And so what I have been trying to do and what I have been finding working, and now it's only been two weeks, but what I have been finding working is if I really do the things that I feel like are taking care of me and um, I, I am being very vulnerable and transparent to tell you what these things are um, it's just such a personal thing um, but I, I, I hope that in telling you this a light bulb will go off for you and how you can take care of yourself You can make some deposits so that you can make withdrawals for others or so that others can make withdrawals from you, from your spirit. And so I just, I thought to myself as I was approaching this new year, what is absolute luxury? What do I consider absolute luxury um, that I could sow into myself so that when I give to others, I can say, I have given myself the best, and now I can give others the best. And um, an uninterrupted, (laughs) for me, (laughs) that's uninterrupted reading time and bath time. Just to me, a bath is so rare. Usually I go weeks and weeks before I say, That's it, I need a bath. You guys just leave me alone. I'm going in that bathroom. And I'm closing the door and I'm lighting some candles and I'm taking a bath. <laughs> uh, usually uh, that what happens in a bathroom is is hurried. I get in, brush my teeth, get out. I go in, take the fastest shower possible, get out. Like so, okay. So to me, that is a luxury to go in that room where nobody else is, you know, every other room of the house, especially when you're in the season of motherhood, um, when you are a spouse, every, every room of the house is shared with other people. And the only room in the house (laughs) that is just yours is the bathroom. (laughs) Everybody feels like, That's a sacred space. Nobody else should be in a bathroom. And so the bathroom is just a place of luxury. (laughs) So that was what I started giving myself since the beginning of the year. Okay, I'm not going in the living room where other people are, where even the, you know, I am really out of my Motherhood stage, my children, my children are grown adults, and they function on their own. They go on their own, you know. They they sleep under my roof. I'm very glad of that, but I don't. They go and do their own lives. I'm I'm not mommy anymore. Um, they are just my roommates, and uh, I'm I'm not married, and so um, I. But I do have these two dogs, and sure enough, those two dogs are just like children <laughs> any room in the house that i'm in they occupy and they're just like a pack like uh, you know their instinct as a pack of dogs i'm part of the, i'm the leader of the pack and so wherever i am they follow uh so anyway they don't like the bathroom though because i make them take a bath in the bathroom <laughs> so that's still a sacred space even with my dogs so anyway that's that's what i have learned so far this year is that if i rest first why wait till you're exhausted to rest rest first so we see that even though it it was after jesus had this experience where he went up into the mountain to pray he was he Unplugged from his disciples, he was alone. He went there all night. He found that quiet, sacred space, Um, and there he um, restored himself. and And we see it. We read it, verse after verse. We go from verse eleven, where his enemies were wild with rage, to verse twelve, where he goes up into the mountain. But we don't really know how much time went by. What we do know is that. He came down from the mountain and immediately set to work with multitudes which came from Jerusalem. Luke 6:17 through 19 talks about all the people that came. And these this is also written about in Mark 3 and Matthew 12, um, where multitudes came from cities, Jerusalem, Judea, Sidon, Tyre to be healed in their bodies and delivered of the tormenting spirits of the soul. Jesus was able to go into this heavy work environment, heavy um, withdrawal, where people were withdrawing from the account he had. He had deposited rest and prayer, and the people were able to then withdraw until we get to Luke 6, 19, where it says, There went virtue out of him. The word virtue means strength, power, ability. And the word um, went, virtue went out of him. Went means to emanate, to issue. It means used of a sudden flash of lightning, used of a hope which has disappeared. Now, when I read these definitions of emanate, of went virtue went out of him. I can tell you that this is a description of how I feel after giving of myself to others. I love doing it. I am, in, I feel full of joy and empowerment and purpose, and I am addicted to it. I love it. And by the way, um, the scripture paints a positive light. Of the saints who addicted themselves to the work of the ministry, I don't. That is, there is no problem with being addicted to the work of the ministry. But what we have to realize is, after we have shown compassion, whether it's in a church service setting, whether it's in a um, maybe you're a counselor um, where you are hearing a lot of very dark things that someone is sharing with you because of of your situation, even serving in, in soup kitchens or dealing with homeless, there is such joy in giving to others in these ways. And we feel selfish because we come out of it needing rest. But we need to understand that even Jesus had this virtue, this power, this ability that went out of him. And it, it was used as a sudden flash of lightning. And when that happens, it feels like hope has disappeared. And I don't fully understand why. Uh, I understand that it happens. I understand that Jesus dealt with it. I understand that I deal with it. I get it. But I wish it wasn't the case. But it is, it's common to experience this after a major event where we have been giving of ourselves to others. And we're glad that we helped. We're glad to have done it. And we're often confused and shocked at how exhausting it can be. So Jesus went from that experience in Jerusalem where he healed on the Sabbath and then he went into that space where multitudes came to him for healing and in between he went up to the mountain to pray he went up to the mountain to pray I want to point out one other as I wrap up today one other Situation that stood out to me about going up to a mountain to pray, and that is Moses. Moses also went up to a mountain to meet with God. And when Moses came down from that mountain, you'll have to listen to the last podcast to get more of an understanding of this. But when he came down, he came down with laws that non-spiritual people ended up twisting and manipulating. Moses came down from the mountain with law. Jesus came down from the mountain and we're going to hear in the next podcast how he came down from that mountain with a new outlook. He came down from the mountain with a spiritual way to see how to handle many difficult and trying scenarios. We call them the Beatitudes. Moses went up on the mountain and came down with law. Jesus went up on the mountain and came down with a new outlook for us. You know, Jesus said, I came to fulfill the law. That word fulfill, again, we talked about it in the last podcast. It it means to fill to the brim. So if you think about time as being a glass, a cup that you would drink out of, and we need to fill this container to the top. And for year after year, decade after decade, we get into hundreds of years of them trying to fill the law, fill the time as a cup with the law. Jesus came and he did it. He fulfilled it. He filled the vessel of time with all that was needed of the law. And he said, okay, now we're done with what Moses came down from the mountain with. And now I am coming down from the mountain. And I am going to show you the attitudes and the behaviors that you need for difficult situations. Thank you for joining me today for this sacred ritual. Please like and share this podcast, and if you have not yet, please download my free app, WordSong app, for your Android or Apple device. God bless.